Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Good morning, Oregon. It's Thursday, August 5th. This is Catalina Gaitan with the news briefing from The Oregonian and Oregon Live. Before we start, a quick thank you to our sponsor, Pacific Source, for supporting the show. Governor Kate Brown announced Wednesday that healthcare workers in Oregon will have to get vaccinated for COVID-19 or face weekly testing. This announcement arrives as coronavirus cases and hospitalizations in the state are surging, fueled by the highly contagious Delta variant. The new law mandates weekly testing for all healthcare workers, but allows an exemption from that requirement for those who can prove they've been immunized. It doesn't go into effect until September 30th, and it's not clear why Brown chose to allow for weekly testing instead of making vaccines mandatory for healthcare workers. The Oregon Nurses Association previously opposed mandatory vaccines, but supports Brown's measure. The Nurses Union spokesman Scott Palmer said, This is a reasonable and sensible approach which respects the individual choices of healthcare workers while also protecting public health. According to data by the Oregon Health Authority, Oregon is currently averaging about 930 new cases of COVID-19 each day. A woman who was arrested after a Clark County Sheriff's detective was fatally shot in July returned to court Wednesday and was accused of more than three dozen charges, including 32 counts of theft of a firearm. According to court records, Misty May Raya is accused of breaking into a federal firearms licensed dealer's storage unit in Vancouver over three days in early June and stealing his stash of guns, ammunition, and ballistic vests. One of the stolen guns, a revolver, was used in the killing of Detective Jeremy Brown. A defense lawyer entered not guilty pleas to the charges on Raya's behalf, and a tentative trial date was set for September 20th. Detective Brown was shot in the chest while seated in an unmarked Jeep parked in an apartment complex parking lot while doing surveillance on Raya, her husband, and his brother. A memorial service for Brown on Tuesday drew a crowd of more than 2,500 people. Controversy has erupted in Newburgh after some members of the school board moved to remove an anti-racism resolution from its books and ban symbols they deem political, such as pride and Black Lives Matter flags. Black, Indigenous, and other Oregon lawmakers of color have rebuked the move, saying it would disenfranchise marginalized students, staff, and faculty in Newburgh schools. The Newburgh School Board adopted the anti-racism resolution last summer during the height of protests against police brutality and systemic racism. A board member, Brian Shannon, now wants to rescind that resolution and is calling for the district to ban what he says are political symbols. Shannon argued that the pride flag falls under that category because he's heard from several Newburgh families who don't agree with what the pride flag represents. Another Newburgh school board member, Brandy Penner, says she's heard from queer students and those living below the poverty line who say they regularly face bullying at schools in Newburgh and that allowing educators to display flags like the pride flag shows students who they can approach with their problems. In an interview with the Oregonian, Penner said the school district has been working really hard to acknowledge the trauma and the pain that our students of color and our queer students have faced historically. This erases that. The Newburgh School Board will meet on August 10th to discuss the anti-racism resolution and the push to ban displaying certain symbols from school. 
Social services organizations in Oregon say the state's faulty software is slowing down critically needed rent assistance and putting renters at risk of eviction. Oregon paid nearly $400,000 to software vendor Alita 360 to implement a centralized application system for a federally funded $204 million emergency rental assistance program. State officials hoped the new system would streamline the application process. Instead, glitches in the system, coupled with an unprecedented need for assistance, have led to an alarm backlog in rental assistance applications. More than 24,000 Oregon households have requested nearly $177 million in rent and utility assistance through the program since applications opened in May. As of Monday, less than 5% of those applications have been processed, and only $7.34 million has been distributed. Under federal guidance, Oregon must distribute 65% of the $204 million in federal funding by the end of September or risk having the leftover money redistributed to other States. Thanks for listening. You can support our local journalism by subscribing to Oregon Live. Go to OregonLive.com slash pod support.